Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning, the one that said he wants us to worship him this morning in spirit and in truth. And I praise God the spirit is here with us, and it's critically important that our lives are based upon his Holy Spirit leading us. I was privileged to talk to Brother Jay last evening, and he said to send his greetings to us here at the peak this morning. I told him I'd do that if I remember. And uh, one of those miracles just happened. And so I'm glad that I'm sure he's thinking of us here this morning. And what a tremendous blessing that we have of serving him here today. Well, you probably don't remember, about a month and a half ago, you heard a sermon, if you were here on uh, July the 7th, on You Are Never Alone. How many of you remember hearing something like that? Well, God bless you. Y'all got good memories. I'm kind of surprised. So, you know, some people say the foolishness of preaching. It just, you know, it's already worth its time. And, you know, I've heard some amazing things. I'm kind of encouraged by the number of y'all that even remember anything about that. And um, because I've had some people come back and say, you know, I heard something that was said a year ago. A year ago must have impressed you, you know. I think that's what God intends. You know, because we kind of, we take it in, and we want to do what's right, and we want to grow, and when we grow, when we grow we, we, well, we got to be taking in new truths and living upon them, and that's just a tremendous blessing we have. So I would like to, uh, to um, let it be known that after I'm done preaching, if I remember, I'm going to give you a chance to have some uh, a testimony, okay? Uh, I think... Uh, that's a healthy exercise for us spiritually to have a testimony for the Lord, especially among the righteous and even among the unrighteous. And so last time we uh, looked at the blessings of the Holy Spirit for a good a little while and then evidences of the Holy Spirit. And I thought maybe I should have you say what are the evidences that you walked with the Holy Spirit last week. But, you know, I don't want to put anybody in a bind or anything, but I think I'm going to look at a couple, several different points here this morning, and I don't question you say, look, that's an evidence in my life. I hope you can say that, and that's what it's for, to encourage us to, uh, to see how that we can follow the Holy Spirit, and it, and it affects, actually, a lot of your dimensions of your life is affected by the Holy Spirit following him. It really is, because it uh, it's good that we follow him. So uh, the next point is, the first one was, you, uh, you, you see you have a lot of blessings and you're living in them. And the, the, the next point is, which is the first one this morning, is that you have real heart joy. And you might say, well, that's kind of a strange thing, but it's true. You know, you have an inner joy because you're forgiven. You know, you really don't have heart joy if you're living in sin. In fact, that's one of the main reasons it takes away your joy. Now, there's other circumstances that can, and God knows that. But you have real, from the heart, joy. It's not a frivolous joy. It just looks about earthly uh, frivolity. It's an inner peace and an inner joy. Where Peter says in Acts 2, verse 28, he says, Thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me Full of joy with thy countenance. I like that idea. Are you full of joy? 
Or if you're full, then there's not a lot of room for something else, okay? <laughs> full of joy. Uh, the New King James explains a little bit better. And you have made me known uh, to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy in your presence. That's a, yeah, with your countenance is a little bit interesting phraseology, but in your presence. Because we're walking in his presence all the time. What a tremendous blessing we have to realize that. Now I noticed some things that we just sang. And the Holy Spirit was leading, okay? The Holy Spirit was leading. The first song we sang here right before the sermon, uh, all the way my Savior leads me, leads me, cheers each wandering path I tread. Uh, tread. Did you realize you sang that? Cheers each wandering path I tread. That includes yesterday, it includes today, and it will cl- include tomorrow. <laughs> cheers. Jesus is, che- is Jesus cheering your path? I think we have a reason to feel that way. Gives me grace for every trial. Feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter and my soul athirst thirst may be, gushing from the rock before me, lo, a spring of challenges. What did you sing? Lo, a spring of joy I see. That's what you sang. You might have been... Uh, thinking about other things, but I was thinking about the words. <laughs> Lo, a spring of joy gushing from the rock before you this morning and tomorrow morning. Lo, a, sp- a spring of joy is there if you look for it. <laughs> Sometimes we don't see it, it's kind of hidden and obscure, but it's still there. Mm-mm-mm. We just sang after that song another song. Did you notice the chorus? You probably did. Since Jesus come into my heart, since Jesus came into my heart, floods of trials. <laughs> oh, we'll barely make it. Oh, it's such a bad. I'll tell you, I, if I just had it, it go to somebody else. Oh, floods of joy over my soul. Did these songwriters not know what he was talking about? I think they was walking in the Holy Spirit. Your privilege, our privilege, our privilege. Floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea billows roll. You can't help it; you got flooded. Is that the way you come this morning? I hope that if it isn't, it's the way you'll leave this morning. Okay? Floods of joy o'er my soul, like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus come into my heart, thank God that just didn't happen. Ten, twenty, well, some of you applicants understand it was only a year ago, but for some of us, it's. 50 years ago, maybe 60, floods of joy o'er my soul. Just roll o'er my soul. Signs of the Holy Spirit. You know what? If you had it yesterday and you're having it today, you have evidences of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, friends, it's not automatic. It's not automatic. But I think it's, it makes a, a lot of difference. Well, joy and the Holy Spirit... Go together just like twins, just like a, a hand in a glove. So we have the Holy Spirit within us. We need it. We want it. We desire it. We love it. We enjoy it. And it says, "Is uh, Acts fifteen? Uh, excuse me, Acts thirteen fifty two. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Wow, were they strange ones? 
No, they were godly saints. Yes, us as disciples, we're filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. I'm glad we can have the Holy Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22. We hear, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And we go on, we talk a lot about love. I think we ought to talk a lot about joy. Because we get it in serving Him. We get it in following Him. We get it in obeying the Spirit. We live in harmony when we're following the Lord faithfully. We get joy from Him. And what a privilege we have. Now what it says in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It isn't just all these physical things. But righteously, living righteously, and peace, having your sins forgiven. Living in sobriety in your Christian walk, sins beneath the blood, having peace with God, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's critical. These are all evidences of a person that is in the kingdom of God, and they're obeying him. They have joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, that there is um, a real blessing that we can have and live that way. Now, I don't know if you ever wake up grumpy or uh, like you got out of the bed on the wrong side of the bed. Have you ever heard? I heard that phrase years ago. I don't know if I hear it anymore. Now people just, you know, they're grumpy and they're moody. And whatever, they got all kinds of nice phrases, I mean, unnice phrases that they say about people. I mean, and, and I don't think that should be happening to Christians. You know, how about, how about a Holy Spirit sweetness? Like that? I like that. I like to see that. I like to practice that. Holy Spirit sweet, uh, uh, sweetness. Saints have, should radiate of the presence of Jesus. And it was so nice. Wasn't too long ago. And we visited a sister here in this church that had some infirmities. And she could tell, I tell you, she was cheerful. She said, you know, I'm here alive and the Lord is with me. That's very important. That's very important. You know you have control of your moods. You have a lot of control over your moods. You know that? Uh, and I can tell you how you can know. Because, you know, you hear some... Uh, when, have you ever got upset or disturbed? And, you know, like the children are just uh, doing it in such a way that uh, it's very challenging and you're kind of just going off and you're not the most pleasant to be around. Or the cows are acting like this or that. You know what I mean? And you know what happens? Then all of a sudden, in here comes the salesman. Or somebody calls. How are you doing? Oh, I'm having a wonderful day. Everything's just fine. You know what I mean? Oh, how did things just switch just because somebody showed up? You know why? Because you can control your mood. That's why. That's why. So, you know, so I wonder, and I know this sounds a little odd, if you like being grumpy or you like being um, what, 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 moody and down, all I can say is love doing it. Enjoy doing it, so smile while you're doing it. And I think if you smile a little while, you'll change your grumpiness. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, who ever heard, what, you know, what is so pleasurable about being disturbed and grumpy? But you'd think some people like that. Now, you might be just naturally pleasant. God bless you if you are. I think God would intend you to be that way. You may have been born, I mean, uh, your nature might be a little bit more despondent. Like, you know, you get, you know... And you get around those people, it almost wears on you. But, you know, I, I like to say, I think Holy Spirit presence should wear on us all, okay? We should wear that. You know what I mean? 
That's an evidence of the Holy Spirit, friends. People in this world, when things don't go the way they want to do, guess what? They're down. They got deprived. They got neglected. They don't get what they want. You know what? See, we aren't dependent on earthly things for our joy. Right? We are not dependent on earthly things for our joy. And I tell you, I think it affects our joy when we start doing that. Oh, if I just had, oh, if I just had what she had, or if I just had what that farmer had. You, oh, yeah. Just a minute now. You're going to lose your joy. You will lose your joy when you have that kind of mentality. Because it's empty. It's not from God. Holy Spirit sweetness. That's what God wants. No wonder Paul wrote... In 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6, And you become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction and with joy of the Holy Ghost. Now, they had to stand out for Jesus. You know, now, in our society, there's, there's all kinds of strange people, and Christians are one of them, okay? So we get to join that crowd. But, you know, we don't really have much affliction, actually, to be honest. But they said, you know what? You had to stand up in much affliction at, when you receive the word of God. And then he went on to say that he identified with this. And it says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10 says. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing. How do you like that? I think that's beautiful. As sorrowful as feeling down yet always rejoicing. Is that possible? I think so. I don't think God sets a standard and says that's just impossible. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. You know what the American way is? Possessing many things and having nothing. It's backwards. The American way is backwards. And it tempts us to think that those things can make it. He says, as having nothing. As far as this material world, he was very low on the scale, yet possessing all things in Jesus. That's what makes the difference. Praise God, we can be that way. We can be like Paul. Well, Christians struggle. Sometimes we as Christians, we struggle with a, uh, a good level of contentment. And then you know what? That affects our joy. But when that happens, I've noticed in my life and in others, something amiss has happened. And I'll name a few. Uh, We don't, we haven't focused enough on what we have in Jesus and the Holy Spirit and his companionship and guidance and comfort in our life. We're not focusing on that spiritual blessing. We're focusing too much on our problems or circumstances and feeling down or let down. Like, oh, I can't believe they said this. I can't believe they're doing that. Or my, you know, if this wouldn't happen to me, life would be so much better. And so all of a sudden we're getting to be, you know what it is? We are basing our lives on feelings rather than faith. See, we walk by faith. And the faith is that Jesus died for your sins. He loves you. He's leading you. He cares about you. He's comforts you. He's given you strength in this life. And you have the most important treasure that anybody can have in Jesus. You have that. 
If we focus on that, but when we get our, our focus off on, oh, if I could just have this, if my circumstance wasn't so bad, you know, I just wasn't born with a silver spoon, and things were like rough, my youth group, if you had to get along with that girl, oh my, and I've heard all kinds, God's heard all kinds of things, okay? And I wonder what he's thinking. He said, you know what? You have a wrong focus, that's what he's saying. And so, we are discouraged, another point, are looking around, not looking at the many blessings and being truly grateful for what we have. I will remind you, you are never alone with the Holy Spirit leading you. And so you have a real companion, even if some other people seem to desert you. Another point is, it's easy to become self-centered. Now, I know that wouldn't happen to you, but I've seen it in other people. And I've seen it in, my, in the mirror, too, by the way. It's easy to think, look kind of envious on other people. And, and think, my, their life is so good. They this and this and this. And everything is, oh, it's just such a beautiful life. You want to walk with them a while? You want to walk with them a while? The devil never lets anybody alone either. <laughs> he plagues them. You know what I mean? That is self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. And I tell you, that's something we, we uh, fight and struggle with sometimes. But thank God we can have the victory. We can have joy. We can overcome that. Remedy is stop looking at others or your un, uh, unfortunate circumstances you think you have. And focus on the blessings and privileges in Jesus. You have so many blessings, okay? You live in a land of freedom. You could read your Bible two hours yesterday and nobody scolded you. God would have blessed you for it, okay? Live in a land of freedom. You have a lot of brothers and sisters that love you. A lot of people wishes that for that. You have a peace and joy that passes all understanding. And people do spend all kinds of money and go to all kinds of deplorable places to get that. And you have it staying right at home and worshiping with believers. We have so many blessings. We have so many blessings. And yet, our mind gets on other things. <clears throat> well, let's be those that love the Lord and radiate His presence and joy. That is evidence of being led by the Holy Spirit. And I hope it's loaded with yesterday's evidences. I hope it's evidence today, and I hope it'll be evident tomorrow when you get up and you got to face that old job again. You know, is it an old job? The Holy Spirit led you into that job. If you didn't, be finding another one. Is that fair? Because we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be doing just what we want to do. We do what the Lord wants us to. What a privilege. What a privilege to be those that are being led by the Spirit, being blessed, and looking at those blessings, and, and, and just... Then naturally, shining for Jesus. Shining for Jesus. That's, that, that really stands out. Well, another thought is on uh, evidences of the Holy Spirit is that you'll have a reasonably good level of Holy Spirit discernment. <clears throat> now, you'd think that would come natural, and it should. Because the Holy Spirit only resides in holy people. That only makes sense. But how far can you go with holiness and not be holy? Well, that, that might vary with some, and it does vary. But there has to be a biblical line. A biblical line, okay? And that's very important that we have that. 
Let us look at 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 to 13 to 16. First Peter 1, verses 13 to 16. And here, so, you know, I know homes have a lot to do with it because some homes are very permissive. Some homes are, are fairly disciplined. Some homes are really disciplined, and they talk about holy things a lot. Some don't even talk about that much. And so it does tend to affect your belief. Your church environment does too. That affects how you believe. Your friends do too. They affect that. Your acquaintances. But I really believe as a person walks with the Lord and they're in tune with the Holy Spirit and they're reading their word, they will grow in Holy Spirit discernment. I believe that is what God would have us do. Uh, as it says here, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, guard your mind, be sober, words, be careful where you're going. Be sober. Your walk is leading you one direction. Either you're walking upward with the Lord and growing in His likeness, or you are stalemating, lukewarm, compromised, whatever. We don't want to go there. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust. As in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now that sets a fairly high bar on things. Uh, You know, not conforming, not saying, well, if they're doing it, it's okay. Or I used to do it when I, back when I was a sinner, and I'm doing a little better now. I hear people say I'm doing a little better, and that's good. I always do a little better. But what are you comparing yourself with is the problem. A sinner or a saint? Well, even then you can do a little better than some saints and not be doing very well. And it says, as in your, don't be ignorant about this. God has a claim on your life, and he's saying, you know what the standard is? And it doesn't matter if you're only born again one year. It is, be ye holy, for I am holy. So everything you say should be out of the heart of holiness. Everything you look at has got to be from a heart of holiness. Every desire you have got to be from a heart of holiness. All the friends you pick to hang out with should be leading you in the ways of holiness. All your purchases that you do should radiate as much as they can of holiness. Hmm. See, holiness affects everything. You think not? You know, well, I'm not, you know, some people might say, hmm, what about your tractor? Well, I'm not sure if my tractor looks, or the tractor looks holy or not. But I know one thing, stewardship, we apply holy principles to purchasing. You know, and, you, and there's, there's principles that apply to all, everything important that you do. And you are either doing it to please God, and if you're doing it to please God and His standards, you know what? You're walking in holiness. And it's a privilege. That's what we need to be. And so he says there, He's called you, God has called you, we're His children, so we represent Him. 
It's a high, it's a high calling to represent a miller, isn't it, Dave? I would assume so. And a Garing, not just anybody can be a Garing. I'm not one. I'm left out. And you know, you you might not even be a good. They're good all the time, right, Kervin? At least by name. And you know, I'll stay away from heat wars, okay? Because you're called to be a saint. You're Jesus' children. And you represent him. And he is holy. But what do your neighbors see? He's saying. Hmm. If we, if we have a bar in our life and I'm going to do everything holy, they're going to see a good neighbor. One that's easy to get along with. One that even though uh, they might be mean and ugly to you, and I know how this feels, okay? I've had more than one of these. And uh, they won't take advantage of you. You know what? They won't squabble over money. I, I have seen Christians squabble over like $50 item, a fence post. Why would a Christian ever fuss over that? I thought this stuff was staying behind. Did we ever get the message? It's all staying behind. Our money's all staying behind. You, you can get along with cantankerous neighbors. I know you can. Because God wants us to. Take some Holy Spirit discernment and it keeps looking above these earthly temporal things to spiritual things. Because you know what? You want to represent Jesus and your money is his money. Your things are his things. Yeah. Well, is that the way it is? That's the way he wants us to be. It does say in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, <clears throat> But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, but his foolishness through him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritually judgeth all things, yet he himself is judgeth no man. For he hath known the mind of the Lord, and that he may instruct him. And we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have it. But you know what? We need to learn more. And it's something we need to learn more because we're instructed of him. And we want to learn more. We need to learn more. Well, that is our portion to radiate, radiate of Jesus in his presence. And it says there in... Uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 4 says, whereby, whereby we are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that ye, by these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Hmm. That is where the battle's at. But he said, you know what? You have a real blessing. You're not wanting to do the things of the world. You're not wanting to live by your carnal flesh, the desires. No, you have a new nature. It's called a divine nature. And that's why when we have that, we want to represent Jesus. That standard isn't something like, oh, I'll never obtain to that. Of course, we do know we were, uh, we're growing and perfecting holiness. We're growing that way. But you know what? You can be holy today. Every one of you that are born again can be holy today. If you're following the Lord faithfully. And you escape that corruption through the world through lust. <clears throat> I'd like us to look at a few verses there in Ephesians 
1, verses 17 and 18. It speaks to this issue a good bit. Where it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of, of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Don't you like that word? That's what people say when they want to go down another path. They're enlightened. You know what I mean? Listen, this, that, that your eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and that and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint? These are powerful verses. These, it says that you may have, that you have the spirit of wisdom. I mean, I think it's a lot of discernment in that. You want the spirit of wisdom? You know, they say, they say, you know, if you need wisdom, ask, he'll give it to you liberally. You've got to be discerning. To show wisdom. You don't, don't just get it because you showed up on the scene. You know, you show it the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Uh, and, then, and the knowledge of which understand, trying to understand Jesus. And the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And I looked that up and I said, you know what it means? Deep thought. How much deep thought have you given to what you're buying? Who's your friends? What you're saying? The direction of your life? Deep thought. Don't take some time to think about this. And then, then, and then it's being enlightened. So you take deep thought to be enlightened. And that's the shed rays to illuminate. In other words, you want to illuminate Jesus' will for your life. Illuminate the word. It isn't changing a path toward worldliness. That's not enlightenment. No, it's to shed the gospel rays, the word of God in your to illuminate your pathway. I want to walk in that path. That's discernment. That's illumination. That's enlightenment. That's enlightened. And the hope is what? You hear hope. And the Bible here says, uh, what is the hope? Of his calling. And you may know what the hope of your calling is. Hope is expectation, confidence, and it's translated other places, faith. Faith. This isn't a hopeful thing. It's your faith. Your faith in Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thought. Just read recently something in Proverbs that stood out to me. I'd like to read a couple verses there. It talks about discernment. And uh, we sure need that nowadays, a big dose of it. Proverbs 2. I'd like to read a few verses there. speaks to this issue. Starting at verse 1 to verse 5. <clears throat> and my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver 
and search for her as for hidden treasures. Then will you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So he's saying, you know, look at the world and look how much they try live for silver and gold. It's their, sometimes it's their whole consuming appetite is for more money. And he said, look, if you want to have wisdom and you want to do what's right, cry out for discernment. I tell you, friends, if the Anabaptist church today would stand for God and say, look, I want, give me discernment on my friends. Give me discernment on what I buy. Give me discernment on my appetites and desires of my drive of life. Give me discernment. I want to do your will. I want to radiate your presence. I want to be like you. I'll tell you, friends, it, it would, uh, we would shine. We would, we would just shine for Jesus. And it might change us a lot, too, some. Discernment. It don't just stop there. Let's cut down to verse 8. <clears throat> he guards the path of justice. He preserves the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and just, just, justice, equity, and every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. See, it preserves you. That discernment preserves your soul. And lack of it will ruin it. This isn't a do what you want to type of thing. You, you follow the Holy Spirit's discernment and it will preserve your spiritual life. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things. Okay, he says, look, not just anybody's going to be my close friend. You know, if they're, if they're perverse, they're heathen people, they speak bad, you know what? I care about holiness in my heart and I care in my ears and my mind. I care about that. Yes. Jumping down to verse 16 now for another thing that you ought to be careful about. To deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. And her house leads down to death and her path to, to the dead. None who go to, none who go to her return, nor they nor do they regain the paths of life. So you may walk in the ways of right, goodness and keep the paths of righteousness, for the upright will dwell in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the unfaithful will be uprooted from it. Wasn't it something that there was a time that the immoral woman had to seduce you Physically, you had to see her, and you know, and she would, and the person would think, "Oh, you know, this would be something I would enjoy." He said, "Listen, that leads to the way of death." He says, "Now, the immoral woman seduces you with your advertisements. You realize that? Yes, she's left her companion. She's being unfaithful in her marriage. Yes, she is." And if you're baited by that and following that, you're being unfaithful too. He says, a very you're not being discerning. And I and it, 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 it wonder what God thinks with the bombardment 
of the normal American Christian man. And the thing is, I guess I'll start to wonder, how, what have I done and we done to eradicate our lives of that? I've heard people say that I cannot, I tell you, there's too much trash on YouTube. I'm not going to look at YouTube. Are you willing to make a stand? Or don't we care? Where's our discernment? I've heard people say, the internet's addicting me, addictive. He was just being honest. And he said, I can't really handle it. I am buying a smartphone where there's no internet. I've heard that said in the last couple of years. Did he care? I think he was discerning. Friends, we can't walk down a path of undiscernment and come out the right at the proper spot. It won't ever happen. I heard a, a, a young lady say not too long ago that uh, social media was entrapping her and that she's going to eradicate herself of all things, but I think maybe it was one thing, like WhatsApp or whatever the thing is, where there's a family group. I'm going to eradicate of all things but that. Do you have enough discernment to do that? If we're going to wind up at the right place and holding us at the end, friends, there's going to have to be staying away from things now that lead us the wrong way. This is serious. No one says we walk soberly before the Lord. Yes. Also it says in Galatians 5, 24 and 25, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the lust thereof. I tell you, friends, it's all around us. It means affections and passions. If ye live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So he said, there's another path. I'm not going to go there. You think it was an accident. I've heard people say, well, you know, I just come across it. How many times does a person walk down the same path? You keep going where you've been going, you're going to get what you've been getting. We know that, right? So we don't have to walk that path. We can say, Lord, I'm not going to do it. Do you have to walk that path? What can we live without to be righteous? You have to answer that. But God's wanting us to answer those questions today. Friends, there's going to be a group of people that's Holy Spirit-led people. They're discerning the will of God. They're willing to crucify their flesh. And you know what? They're growing spiritually. They have joy. Because they're not letting sin creep in. And, and, and change the zeal of the Lord in their life. I had another point. And then I have another sermon yet on this. We're going to have to get the last point in the whole next sermon some other day. If the Lord tarries. Because I want to give you a chance to give your testimony this morning. Uh, I'd hate to, I would hate to go over time. And I would hate to deprive you of that privilege. What is your testimony for the Lord this morning? How is your walk with the Lord?